This week on The Clubhouse, Anthony and I are joined by film actress Jackie Emerson. You will most certainly recognize Jackie from her amazing role as Foxface in The Hunger Games. Jackie chats with us about going to Dodger games with her father, playing Little League, what it's like for young female baseball fans, and much, much more. She also has a lot of truly incredible projects coming up, including her work with Killer Content to produce a film and television series based on the book Only Ever Yours. It is disturbing, powerful, post-apocalyptic, and post-feminist. She's also relaunching her website, JackieEmerson.com. But right now, you can head on over to YouTube.com slash Jacqueline Emerson, where she has just released her new series, Let's Get Real. I will include all of those links in the show notes at ClubhousePodcast.com. This episode was recorded in our hotel room at GeekyCon in Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. I'm Manish Jain, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Hi. Anthony Rapp. Hi. You will most certainly recognize our guest today as Foxface from The Hunger Games. She's also the co-producer of She's So Boss Multimedia Platform, which helps to get girls to discover their own inner thoughts. Can't wait to hear more about that. She is supremely talented and incredibly nice. Joining us in the clubhouse today, Jackie Emerson. Hello. Welcome. But you, you usually would say, but the most important thing about her oh today is that she's a Dodgers fan. She is a Dodgers fan. You're right. Fan. I'm just so excited to talk to her that I want to keep my part super, super okay, short. So here, here's the background, folks. We've been trying to find a, a, a female person to have on the show because- <laughs> I am a female person. We have, we have had that many male persons. Way too many men. Way too many men on this podcast. You know, and we all know that there are plenty of people who happen to be female who happen to also be baseball fans. Yes. But we have yet to get one, you know, in in our little podcast world. I believe that Munish <gasps> is a little nervous being in the presence of a female person. That's all I'm saying. Really? Is that what we're going well, with? I'm honored. I'm honored. Is that what we're going with? Forgot to say that she's a Dodgers fan. <laughs> That's the most important stuff. Which I am. Ever. I am a Dodgers yeah. fan. Yeah. Very exciting. So we met, we are here in uh, lovely Orlando, Florida for uh, the Geeky Con. Our friend Melissa Anelli put on a tremendous convention here for all things geek. And I've been kind of hanging out here for the last couple of days and learning all about geek culture <laughs> and all these things that I had n I knew nothing about. I'm a baseball nerd. Anthony's a baseball nerd. Yep. I'm also a Harry Potter nerd. I'm yes. also a video game nerd. I'm also uh what else? Uh Lord of the Rings nerd. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so on the opening ceremonies, uh, you guys did this just fantastic show up on the stage where you all dressed up as different characters from all these different uh fantasy and and, and uh I don't know what you would call it, like just Star Wars and Doctor Who. Just fandoms. Just fandoms. Yeah. fandoms. Thank you. Fandoms. Yep. And you played Oh my God, it was someone from Egret. the Game of Thrones. Egret from Game of Thrones. There you go. Yeah. And uh, we, we met after the show 
And I think one of the first things you said to me was that you are a baseball fan. Because she noticed your Tiger's hat? Yes, she noticed my Tiger's hat. (laughs) And that just made me smile inside and out. And I was so happy to meet a fellow baseball fan down here. So tell me, how did you become a baseball fan? My dad. Um, When we were younger, we used to, the whole family would go to Dodgers games because I'm from L.A., And my sisters would always fall asleep and my mom was always kind of bored, but my dad and I were always like super into it. And we would get the Dodger dogs and the Cracker Jacks and it was always very exciting. And then eventually my mom and my sisters fell off the map. And so it became my dad and my thing. So we would go to baseball games almost every single week. Um, And then when I was in like fourth grade, I got super into Little League and I was a pitcher on like the boys baseball team. I was pitcher and shortstop. And it Wait, was. Wait, what? How can you be a pitcher and a shortstop? I was a pitcher and shortstop. It was interchangeable. Yeah. So weird. Well, literally, you no, didn't play literally. Little little no, I didn't play literally. Yeah, we well, talked about this. He didn't play little. I, I was I acting. I was doing shows. Ooh la la. Well, was, we were enjoying baseball. We were. Yes. We were. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was a total blast, and I loved it. Um, I'm pretty sure that Brian Cranston was my coach at one point. What? I, I just found that out Was that when recently. he was doing Knock Them in the Middle? Or? Yes, it yeah. was. <laughs> His son was on my baseball team. Okay. Um, but yeah, I had I had a bit of an arm. Um, and then when I was in sixth grade, I got kicked off the boys team because they said that it was getting to an age where boys would be stronger than females and I couldn't keep playing. So they made me switch to softball. Um, but I'm a pitcher and softball's weird pitching if you're used to baseball pitching. Yeah, absolutely. And I tried it for a season. I didn't really like it. I stopped. And then I just got super artsy. And that was the end of my athletic career. But were you doing the windmill pitching as a softball? Is that what you... you yeah, because yeah, you, you have to do that. Around, you can't, yeah. you can't throw overhand. Right, right, right. Well, and I'm so like, I'm, I love the overhand pitching. I remember I would impress all of the boys in like sixth and seventh grade in middle school because like they'd, they'd all be playing baseball and like broing out with each other. And then I would be like, <laughs> wait, like, let me pitch. And then be like, yeah, she's going to pitch like a baseball. And I'd be like, bam. And then they'd be like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, did, did you have a hook? Did you have a, a curveball? No. Or- Oh, not no. that age. I, you never not know. No, not you at that age. Know. I think never I tried. Know. If I tried, know. I probably would have killed someone. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. We do not advocate throwing I'm any not type advocating. of junk. Any type of junk ball <laughs> pitching <laughs> at that age. But so we've had, I've, um, listeners to this podcast have heard me talk about my friends Adela and Barbara in uh, San Francisco. And one of the reasons why I, I fell in love with you immediately is because of what you just said of the, that you wanted to play baseball and that. They wouldn't let you play. Yeah. And Adela is a friend of mine that I made on my 30 stadium tour where she had a very similar story to you, where she played Little League, she dominated the boys, and at a certain age, they told her, you can't play anymore. Can't do it. You have to go play softball. Now, I have the utmost respect for softball. Fast pitch softball is fantastic. It's a completely different sport. I know it shares some similarities, but ultimately, that ball is so different, and it's just... The speed of the game is so different. I can't play fast pitch softball at all. And it really bums me out that they stop letting girls play because just like you said, at a certain point when you stop playing, what is your interest in following the sport religiously anymore if they're telling you, well, you can't, you'll never be able to do this? Yeah. I mean, I I was just listening to, um, I found a whole box of memory stuff and I was in a Disney band when I was in sixth grade and what I was listening to- <laughs> What is that? It was so bad. Um, Disney decided to remake Devo from the 80s. But Wait, what? they called it 
We got, we got sirens outside. We got sirens. What's happening? They're coming after you. They found out. Yes. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, no. So it was they basically remade Devo from the 80s with a bunch of kids and they called it Devo 2.0. And I was vocalist and pianist. Is there footage of this? <laughs> there is, but it's really embarrassing. It doesn't matter. It's going to be on clubhousepodcast.com <laughs> if I can find it because that is fantastic. It's, I didn't even know it existed. And then some somebody like some fan like dug it up from somewhere <laughs> and said it to me. I was like, oh, my God. Um but yeah, so I was listening to some of the interviews from that that we did for press. Yeah. And in one of them, I say, they're like, so what's your biggest dream in life? And I said, to be the first female baseball player <gasps> on the Dodgers. Oh, my God. Now do you see? I got chills. Now do you see? Now do you see why I got all nervous <laughs> and excited? Because this girl is amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was my So my big dream. did you grow up with, you know, it's an interesting thing. Um you're a woman. You're watching these men play the sport. Yeah. You you're identif- you're drawn to the sport. Mm-hmm. Do you identify with them as players? So I was. I mean, like I had like player obsessions. But so who specifically? Do you remember who you really followed? Yeah, I loved Laduka. <sighs> Um, and then he turned out to be like this awful, like he was on steroids, I think. And, you know, all of that stuff. But when he was shortstop on the Dodgers. He was a shortstop before he was a catcher? I'm pretty sure. No, wait, just kidding. He wasn't. Yeah, he was catcher. You're so. right. I'm thinking of somebody else who was also shortstop, but he was catcher and I loved him. I had a little bobblehead of him and I had a shirt that said Laduka. And that, do you remember what age you were approximately at this point? I was or? probably like nine or 10. Uh-huh. Um, I like to impress because, you know, all the guys in like fifth and sixth grade are like, oh, like girls like girly stuff. And I was like, Mm -hmm. no, like I'm a tomboy. And I would go at them head to head on baseball stats. And I would like religiously read the newspaper every morning. So I knew like exactly who was at the top of, you know. Oh my God. And I would be like, oh, well, so-and-so has like this batting average and blah, blah, blah. And then I was also, I was still really into um, stuff when Manny, Manny Ramirez was really big. And then like that also... All my favorite players just turned into steroid junkies, which is all of them. Most of them. See, she's a young lady. Oh, yeah. Green, Sean Green. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. loved Sean Green, and then um, I gave a TED talk at TEDx Orange Coast, and he was also speaking at that same conference, and I flipped out. <laughs> Did you get to meet him? Did you get? To I, find I got him? to talk to cool. him. Good. I got to, and I was, I was like. I mean, and he was shocked because he was like, why is this girl such a big fan? I mean, but because people don't expect it. But yeah. I love him. And he was really cool. And his book is so interesting. He was talking about how like he got super into his head and how he had to get very like meditative in order to start playing well again. Well, you know, it's something that you two are both actors and it's something that I've always related baseball. Baseball is a thinking man's game. I mean, people always talk about it. It's a chess match or whatever, but you are so inside your own head. Oh, you're, when you're so on inside that. your own head. So I feel like as actors, you guys have to have a handle on your emotions and on, you know, if you're having a bad day, let's say, mm. and you go on set, that bad day can't be affecting your performance. And I feel like it's very similar for ball players that if they're, kid screwed up in school or they had an argument with the wife or they totally whatever it throw is off your game yes but when you're up there you got to take your abs and you got to get you know zoned in on on the pitch so did you ever feel so when you transitioned into acting did you ever feel any kinship as far as just the mental preparation of your little league games versus your rehearsals for for shows you know i never thought about that i think i was so i started acting when i was like six me too um, 
Wee. I was in Annie. <laughs> I was in Oliver. Oh, fun. <laughs> I was in a Robin Hood production when I was I was Friar Tuck when I was young, young lad. Wow. That's exciting. I'm, I'm trying to relate. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. <laughs> you people are, are these professional actors. I did some, some school productions. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was always kind of balancing acting and musicals and baseball. Um, but then it got to the point where, I mean, it was, it was just as well that they kicked me off the baseball team because it was getting to the point where it's like, well, you have to choose. Sure. Um, but yeah, I guess for both, at least for me, the similarity would be just the necessity of staying present. Um, you just have to be so utterly and completely in the moment so that you can be responsive to whatever's going on around you. And being in the moment means like not being what happened 10 minutes ago or yeah. earlier in the day. Um, and I think it's the same thing with, with baseball. And that's, I think, so much more difficult than people realize. I, I don't think, yeah. I'm telling you, I, I've talked to fans out They're there. They're like, that bum, why can't he just like get the bat <laughs> off your shoulder? Exactly. And it's just, it's because in that moment, you've got a millisecond to make a decision. And if you're thinking about anything, if you think, oh, what am I going to have for dinner? Oh, oh, there was the ball. Like you just, you can't. Even if you're thinking like, oh, I'm in my head right yes. now. Like, that's <laughs> oh, that's the, the worst. Because then you just get into a spiral and you're like, get, get out of your head. No, I'm in my head. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. And then it's just, then it's all lost. That's when slumps come. That's when, you know, Anthony and I will talk about every once in a while, you know, what are our, our, our favorite pitchers or, or hitters, whoever it is on our team where it's like, these guys have been great all year. These guys have been just solid for the last 10 games, last 10 starts. They've been mowing guys down, but all yeah. of a sudden, they give up 10 runs in an inning. It's like, how how does that happen? You're a good pitcher playing a bad team oftentimes. How does that happen? And I think it's that. I think it's they get inside their own head and it just unravels. And there it is. It's that simple. And the same thing happens with acting. Like you have like a couple bad auditions and then all of a sudden you get in your head like, oh, I don't think I can act anymore. Oh, and then you just God. start bombing because you're just, you're doing yourself in. Yeah. Now, did you uh, listen to Vin Scully? We've we've done a lot of talking about him. Yes, because we love him so. Yes. so we can't. So we can't have you ever had him on the show? Uh, it would be a dream. You should. How do you know anybody? Yeah, if you know anybody, anybody out there, if you got a connection to Vin, I would. I will fly to anywhere on this planet to to interview that man. I I am obsessed with Vin Scully. Oh yeah, I mean he's great. So he's did great. you like? Do you remember? You know, as a kid. Were you also watching the game? You said you yeah, went to a lot well, of no, games. No, so I, mean, I went to a lot of games, but then I would also watch them whenever they were on TV. You know, I have to say with baseball, I am a, a. I think baseball is the one sport where if you're there in person, it makes such a big difference. Mm -hmm. Because if you're watching it on TV, like it's it's a long game. It's a long game, and it's great, and it's like interesting, and you you know it gets good you know towards the end of it when you're like okay now it's gonna happen. But <laughs> when you're there in person and you're you're with good people, it just changes the entire experience. Like baseball is about the experience. It's not about you know watching it on TV, at least for me. And so I would watch it on TV, but my favorite was I mean we would do like one game a week. Yeah. Oh my. It was did you the best. did you always sit in the same section or? We would alternate. We would yeah. we would go to different sections. You know, get get a feel for the whole stadium. Did you catch any fly balls or I foul balls? Okay, or? one time, <laughs> I'm still mad about this. Uh, one time, I almost caught one, and it landed. It like hit my seat, and I like lunged for it, and then this hyper aggressive mother uh, like grabs it and gives it to her child and boo. gives me this look of death. Like, how dare <laughs> you take this ball from my four year old? Oh. Uh, 
Never gonna, never gonna. Or aggressive her. mothers, or maybe the worst. <laughs> I've seen they're some, scary. some they're terrifying. scary, scary folks at the ballpark who, when that ball comes at them. So, I'm one of my buddies is a professional ball hawk. He, uh, um, he's caught over eight thousand baseballs. Are you serious? That's he a caught, thing. Yes, he caught. There are many. Tried, there are many things. How we've been at that... GeekyCon. We've learned about things. This is yes, we're thing. at GeekyCon. There's oh a lot. God. Everyone's got a thing. A so thing. he has. He caught a Rod's three thousand hit. His name is Zach no. Campbell. He caught three a Rod's three thousand hit. Well, how does he do it? Does he just go and sit in the home run section? And so the guy is, is we're going to have him on the podcast. He is absolutely a, a genius. I've gone to games with him and you go four hours before the game, you go to his apartment and he's got spray charts. He's got, he knows every, so he knows where the guys what? are hitting. He checks wind patterns. He checks the relief pitchers, the pitchers, oh he checks my God. everything. And then he just knows where to sit in the stadium. And it's just, the guy is a savant. He is brilliant. But I've seen him. So That's since insane. he caught A Rod's ball, he's become a little bit, a little bit more famous. He caught A Rod's three thousand. Three thousand. So wow. for the for the listeners who may not understand the context of that, uh, only twenty nine players in the history of Major League Baseball have three thousand hits. Mm-hmm. Of that, only three of them got their three thousandth hit with a home run. And so, and A Rod got his did. with his home run. And Zach caught his 3,000. So he's, he caught one of three balls in the history of the game That's of that magnitude. And so he's gotten a little bit of fame out of it. And he's gotten people recognizing him a lot more. People, hey, it's the A-Rod guy. And the anger, the, the talking about moms. We were at the All-Star game. And at the All-Star game, there was this mom who, I mean, rage building inside of her what? that how dare he catch you've got enough how dare you catch a ball so mad at him people are crazy when it comes to that type of stuff i've been to over a thousand baseball games in my life i've caught a grand total of zero baseballs it happens you know it's 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 partly luck of the draw it's partly just i'm a small little guy and you know people <laughs> tend to tower over me but i mean you have to be prepared also you've exactly. always got to have your 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 mitt your you know, you oh yeah you got to be absolutely prepared gotta be ready. so i'm sorry you had to deal with that but you'll get one you'll get one one day one day now, we all believe were there were there favorite kind of rival teams that you paid attention to the, the giants. giants i mean you were part oh. of that giants, you were part of that huge rivalry yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember, God, what Barry, was that his Barry name? Bonds? Barry Bonds. There we mm-hmm. go. And I remember being at um, this game that he was at, and it was right when all of the, the steroid rumors were happening. And every time he got up to bat, the stadium would just go like, <laughs> you know, everyone was shouting stuff. But I was like, no, like, I, I really want to see this guy hit. And then they would purposefully um, walk, walk him. him. Yep. Which made me really upset because I was like, okay, like I, I want to see a good game, you know, and a good game would involve this man who may or may not be on steroids hitting an awesome ball. So that was my. <laughs> well, you know, this is actually really interesting. You are the youngest guest that we've had on this podcast. And I think that you pretty much exclusively grew up in the steroid era. I don't think you would have a lot of memories of pre. So when were you born? I was born in 94. Yeah. That's so, the year of the strike. That's the, oh my goodness. Yeah, that's the year of the strike. So you don't even remember the baseball strike, do you? No. So do you know anything that happened in 1994? No, tell me. Did you know that baseball went on strike in 1994 and there was no World Series? For the Why? first time in the history of the game, there was a labor dispute. There was a labor dispute between the players didn't think they were getting enough money. The owners didn't want to give them a lot of money. Wow. It was a, a little more complicated than that, but it was ultimately just a labor dispute that happens. And for the first time in the history of Major League Baseball, 
Through World War One, the World Series happened. Through World War Two, the World Series happened. But in 1994, there was no World Series. And it was a tragic time for many, many baseball <laughs> Many a fans. baseball I was fan. a young man at the time. And I, I will fully admit, I left baseball for a year because I was so upset. And I said, I can't, you greedy players, you idiot owners. I was just mad at everybody. How dare you take away my beloved baseball from me? And it took me a while to come back. But one of the things that is sadly credited for bringing people back to the game is the steroid stuff is all these guys hitting 60, 70 home runs and people getting excited. So for you, you grew up where, so when I was a kid, if someone hit 50 home runs, I would throw a party. Like 50 home runs to me was, are you kidding me? That's that's massive. But when you were a kid, people were hitting 60, 70 a year. Yeah. Offense was definitely up. So I'm trying to figure out what someone like you would think of modern baseball where this is kind of a throwback to the 80s to the 70s, but you never knew what that was. So when you go to a baseball game, do you prefer a 10 to 5 game or a 1 to nothing game? See that it, it depends because if you say a 10 to 5 game, like it's no fun when the other team just completely rolls over. You know, one of the like that's not I like, I, like and it's not fun either if it's just kind of like a really boring, like everyone's just walking everybody the whole game. Sure. You know, one to zero game. But like I would say like a, a three to four game, okay. you know, or something like that. <laughs> okay. where it's like, she wants a little bit of offense, but you a little know, bit of so pitching. like so it's it's so it's you know, you have a nice balance of everything and, and it's it's good and obviously where your team wins. But yes. um <laughs> like you have the you know, you have the hits, you have the you have the strategy, you you can see it kind of playing out on the field. It's a close game, you know, they're evenly matched. Like that's what I like. The ones where it's really interesting the whole time. Okay. Uh, sure. I think I like that. I mean, like I've been to games where the Dodgers scored seven runs in the first <laughs> Inning, and then you're like, well, this is okay. I can leave now. You know, like, I mean, you want to stay, <laughs> but course, you also know that the other team is not going to put up a good game. Sure. So, but then every once in a while, like, there's also crazy things. Like a couple weeks ago, the Cubs were down, I think, five to nothing early, and then they scored six runs in their inning. See, that's and so, exciting. I mean, you know, that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. That absolutely you know, happens. Like, no, I mean, I, but, I, but yeah. I hear you. you I mean, know. I'll still still you know still stay. Just of course. Although so we always have to ask our Dodger people, um, have do you notice? the mass exodus in Dodger Stadium in like the seventh inning? Yes. It's so annoying. Yeah. Everybody leaves yeah. during the seventh inning stretch. And like the last two innings are the just mm-hmm. like the best part of the, the game, agree. you know? I agree. That's when all the exciting stuff happens. I agree. But that damn parking lot at Chavez oh, it's Ravine. the worst. Oh, yeah. It is yeah. the worst. But you well, know what, started though? doing like fireworks afterwards oh, to yeah. make people stay longer, yeah. but... Yeah, maybe you get a helicopter in. You know, <laughs> you know like what? You paid line. the money. It's expensive to go to Dodger Stadium. You paid it the is. money to go... Commit yourself to an evening out. All right, that's yeah. that you know what. That's the thing. It's 2015. We know how long baseball games are now. It's not like a surprise. We know that it's going to be three hours. So you know, let's go. Well, I, I mean, remember like one time, my my mom and my sisters were like, "Okay, we just really want to go," you know. So we left early, and we get in the car, and my dad and I just like sit in the car, like next to the radio, <laughs> listening. Yes, of course. <laughs> like, oh my god, what's going to happen? That so is awesome. Were, you were. Uh, a fan like when Adrian Beltre when there was the MVP yes. conversation for him, right? Yes, yeah. I that, was. The one time that I I think I've said this I can't remember if I've said this before, but the one time I was able to go to a game at Dodger Stadium was during one of those seasons. It was like I think two thousand four. 
Um, Adrian Beltran. And, and, and the, the whole, at one point, he hit a home run in the game. And at one point, in his next at bat, the whole stadium was chanting MVP, MVP. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd ever been around anything like that. That was really, really, really exciting. It's such a cool feeling. I to totally do. forgot that name, but he was also one of my favorites. And yeah. I think I was there when he hit a grand slam. Yeah. And it was one of the most exciting moments of my life. I remember like sitting there, like, I mean, it's funny to say that, but I no, remember. No, this is the place to say that. It's one of the most exciting moments of our it lives, was. too. And yeah. I was sitting there with my dad, and I remember us just watching the ball go, go, uh. go, and then like turning to each other and just the stadium going wild as being like, there's never gonna be another game like that. We <laughs> called our, we called my mom and my sisters, oh. and like everyone's, we're like, guess what just happened? It was just, so, it was great. Tell me a little bit about your dad and about just his baseball fandom and how you guys bonded over that. Because I really, I really love meeting, whether it's fathers and sons, fathers and daughters, mothers and sons, mothers and daughters, that parental bond that, that happens through baseball will never not make me just melt. So uh, tell me a little bit just about, you know, that relationship with your father as a kid and how it's matured over, over the years. Well, my dad and I are really close. My whole family's really close, which I'm very lucky to have. Um, but I think part of that with my dad was that, you know, you go to these games and you're spending, you know, three three hours with someone. Absolutely. And you you talk about everything, you know, and we would go to games with other people, but we also just did a lot of games, just father-daughter days. And you end up just, you know, ha it's so rare to have that time and space to really, like, I mean, sadly enough, to really just hang out with a parent. Because normally everyone is off in your busy lives and baseball just gives you a time and a place to sit and be quiet and just in, well, not really be quiet, but kind of, and just enjoy the game and the Cracker Jacks and the Dodger Dogs <laughs> and enjoy, enjoy each other. It's a three hour um, picnic. It's, it's heaven. That's exactly what it is. It's a three hour picnic with entertainment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to take just a brief break so that Anthony and I can tell you about our first giveaway. I have a 2016 baseball stadium's wall calendar for sale through TF Publishing. They're available at amazon.com, calendars.com, as well as your local Meyer Big Lots, Stop and Shop and more. I'll include all this info about how you can purchase one of my uh, calendars at my website, roundingthird.net. But for now, Anthony has a very exciting announcement to tell you all about. So uh, we're gonna have our first giveaway. It's a giveaway contest. Here, it's very simple. Uh, we are always looking for more trivia questions to ask our our guests for their for the game that we play at the end. Um, so if you have any cool trivia questions about your favorite team or about any team that you love or anything, send them to us, please, at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at clubhousepod, and we will look through those and if we wind up using one of your questions we will give you a free signed wall calendar and it will be signed by Manish who was the photographer he will sign the Detroit Tigers Comerica Park picture and I will sign the Wrigley Field picture because I am a diehard Cubs fan so send us your questions please and uh, good luck if you are a new listener to the Clubhouse podcast welcome for more great baseball conversations take a look at our archives like our chat with Tony Award winning composer Tom Kitt in this clip, Tom reveals that his father was actually a minor league pitcher with the Yankees. 
My father uh, is a former professional baseball player. My father actually was drafted by the Yankees. My father has a lot of expertise and often will expound his, uh, his <laughs> wisdom for the for the game. But um, yes, but those are the kinds of conversations. And you know, if a guy's, if, if my dad, my dad was a left-handed pitcher and threw in the in the upper nineties, and he was a starter. But if he's going and he's feeling good, let the guy throw. Absolutely. Know, because at the end of the day, your best pitcher, righty lefty is going to be a better matchup than a weaker guy who 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 might have a, a curveball advantage, you know. And now back to our chat with Jackie Emerson. It's a three-hour picnic with entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And you know, and and fresh air. Yes, and you're lucky yes. because I really do love Dodger Stadium. You know, it's Dodger Stadium is uh, it's an older ballpark. I believe it's 1962. I want to say maybe 1964. I'll have to double check on the exact year, but I'll put it on the clubhousepodcast.com. But it's the third oldest ballpark in the majors. And when you go there, it is nothing but baseball. There is yeah. no, there's no, you know, carny games that there are in a lot of other ballparks, which Anthony and I have discussed, which I am kind of, you know, I will admit that there are times in Kansas City or in Detroit or in wherever. I do like the the bells and whistles. But what I love about Dodger Stadium is when you walk through those gates, it's nothing but baseball. Yeah. And you are just surrounded by, it's just a beautiful view there yeah. in Chavez Ravine. And when you go up to the upper deck, it's almost like, I get vertigo sometimes because you're so, so yeah. high up, but you don't feel, but like, but you're still, you know, the stadium's still right there. The field is still right there. It's just, it's, I, I'm very jealous of you. Dodger Stadium is a great, great, great place. Well, it just doesn't feel as commercial yes. as some of the other stadiums I I've been in. I think I was telling you, I went to the only other baseball stadium I've actually been to um, besides the Padre Stadium, was the Miller one in Park, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. And it was awful. You and Anthony will bond awful. over this. Yeah. There were these like cheerleaders. And I was like, there's not supposed to be cheerleaders <laughs> for baseball. Uh, you see the sausage a, races? There, yeah. Yeah. The, what was that? And then there was a slide. There's a like, slide. What are you doing? Bernie the Brewer. And yeah. it was, it was, there was a roof over it. That would the just roof, I agree with all of you. And the roof like, is the worst. The roof is just, the worst. It was, I was like, this isn't baseball. This is commercialism. <laughs> yeah. And that's the whole, that ruins, it ruins the whole point of everything. It's like Charlie, it's like Linus talking about Christmas. Great movie. Well, so you've been to Petco as well in San Diego. So the Padres. The Padres. Um, yes. I, I think I, I went, it was a very, very long time ago though, which it's is why like, stadium. I, I can't really remember it. Sure. I remember enjoying it. Sure. Um, I was like seven or eight when I went there. Okay. Well, we recommend if and when you're doing any traveling for pleasure or work, mm -hmm. if it's during the spring or summer and they have a team in their city to go to go to the game. There yeah. is there is literally no reason to not go. I mean, all 30 parks, there is something special about all 30 parks, even the bad ones. <laughs> and, you know, something you said earlier, which is just perfect, because I say it all the time and you were inside my head as far as. I understand when people I'm say- I'm sorry that, that you're inside his head. <laughs> I know, it's a scary place. It's a scary place. It is. It's terrifying in there, but you're in there. <laughs> and baseball on TV can absolutely be boring. I will fully admit that. I have friends of mine who are baseball fans who tell me, Manish, I can't watch baseball on TV. Anthony and I are different. We love watching baseball in any form, radio, television, teleplay. I don't care. I'll watch baseball in anything that you give to me. But for a lot of people, watching on TV is boring. Because you're a slave to the director. You're a slave to the camera angles. You're a yeah. slave to where he's deciding to position the camera. And you're not allowed to just look at the 
expanding field there. You can't look at the guy dancing off of first or the guys in the dugout messing around or the guy, you know, in left field kind of being distracted or whatever, or looking at the people in the stands or talking to your, there is just so much stuff to do inside of a baseball stadium. Trying to get on the Jumbotron. Trying to get on the Jumbotron. That's, I love watching people. Oh goodness. When I was in St. Louis on my 30 stadium tour, there was a couple behind me who got on the kiss cam. Oh my God. And this young lady, God bless her, freaked out she called all like, as soon as it happened she was for the next half hour she was screaming and calling all of her her family oh and her friends God. i actually i'll do a little plug if you go to roundingthird.net to my st louis cardinals podcast the rounding third podcast i actually interviewed her immediately after getting on the kiss cam and she is just <laughs> it's hysterical to hear how excited she is and I love that. I, I love just the silliness, the wackiness of of being in a ballpark. So yeah. I think you're right. I think, and you do. Just, you travel a lot for for your for your acting. You need yeah. to go out and just and go to ballparks and internationally. You travel internationally as well. Yeah. You got to go to Japan. You got to go to yeah. Going to I a mean, going about, to a like, game in Japan is is really that incredible. insane? Incredible. There's oh, wow. cheering sections. But not cheerleaders, cheering sections. Fans. Entire fan sections where they have organized cheering for their team. And they only ever cheer for their team. They don't cheer against, they don't like, you know, like Raz or harass or heckle the other team. When their team is at bat, they cheer for each player. They have distinctive cheers and chants and songs. And for the while they're at bat, if they get a single, if they steal a base, there's all these different things, and they're all organized. And then when the other team is at bat, they respectfully and quietly watch the game unfold. Wow! And they clean up after. And they clean up after themselves. The stadium is spotless after after the game. It is spotless. That sounds incredible. It's incredible. The the American team played an exhibition game against uh, the Japanese team uh, earlier in 2015, and I'm gonna have to. See if I can find a picture and put it on clubhousepodcast.com because it's hysterical. The American guy's dugouts is filthy. There's, you know, sunflower seeds and chaw and water <laughs> bottles just covering the floor. And the Japanese dugout is spotless. It's, it's as if it's a brand new dugout. It's completely spotless. And just the juxtaposition of that's our cultures in a nutshell right it's there. True. <laughs> it's true. But so, yeah. So when you're traveling around, I so mean. So I, I spend a lot of time in Berlin, but I feel like baseball isn't the big sport there. So in 2015, they have just launched a European baseball league. So it's, oh, no way. it's new. It's growing. Okay. It's going to because like there's places in the Netherlands that are playing. There are places Italy is playing. Uh, you know, there are teams slowly. So England, I believe, is about to have a team. They're slowly starting to uh, uh, appreciate our wonderful sport here. So I, you'll be able because your family lives in. Yeah, my Berlin, family lives in Berlin, which that's just awesome. It's fun. It's cool. It's crazy. Yeah. I get to travel a lot, which is really fun. Of so. course. Absolutely. So yeah, so your family will be able to have a lot of great uh, uh, European baseball action to watch pretty soon here, I think. Okay. I, I do want to say one thing about watching baseball on TV. I feel like the one thing you can get on TV that you can't get from almost any seat in the stadium, except maybe if you're right behind home plate, is to really see the pitch. Mm, to really true. see the movement of a ball and to see when it really, dan- like if it's breaking for the outside corner. You know, when you're watching it live, you can see that it's doing something and clearly the batter was fooled by the way they swing. But that's the one thing on TV that I do love to see a, a, a pitch moving, you know. From, no, you're right. I think, you know, yeah. hand when you see to it, mitt. 
when you see it on TV, it does, for whatever reason, feel like the ball is going slower. Because when you're watching it live. It's just a blur. Oh, it's blinking. You'll miss it. And then it. they're like, 99 miles per hour. Yeah. Like, Whoa. <laughs> yes. I mean, I've got my camera with me that takes multiple shots per second. And half the time I miss the ball. You know, it's within that millisecond. The ball started in the guy's hand and it's already out of the frame. It's within it's, it's ridiculous how fast these guys throw the ball. So you're right. I mean, I generally do like sitting behind home plate when I go to ballparks. And me so, too. That's my favorite place. Look at that. You and I. This gentleman here likes to sit along the baseline, which, you know. I get to see more of the field. I'm yeah, not behind the that. screen. Yeah, but sitting behind home plate. That's, you, know. that's, you get to. I, I like it because you get to see the pitcher's face. Look at this. She knows exactly <laughs> what's going on. Oh, inside my head. I'm telling you. <laughs> so what about current Dodgers? Okay, the- so sadly, I, have, I haven't been able to keep up with baseball as much. Um, recently, just because I'm traveling all of the time and I'm so rarely like very solidly in LA and also because my family's gone and it was like my dad and my thing. I, I tried to go to a Dodger game by myself and it was just sad. sad. No, it was sad. I go to games by myself all the time. I feel like, but it was just, you know, I wanted, I felt like I was missing someone, you know, because it's like, it's our thing. And like, we keep talking about like the second, because they move back in like a year. So like the second they get back. We're going to a Dodger game together. Like awesome. that's that's on the top of the list. Awesome, but um, so but they're do not you, doing terribly. So do your friends, no, they're doing very well. They're doing really well. Oh, yeah. they're doing fantastic. Yeah. So, do your friends like baseball at all? Do you have any any? Do your girlfriends, your guy friends, do any of them really like baseball? No, I mean, I spend most of my time up at Stanford, which is where I go to school, and nobody really talks about baseball or focuses on it or oh i do have a story though which is this is one of my like you know reality check i'm now in college with a bunch of crazy 17 year old drunk boys um (laughs) stories where i i accidentally told someone that i was a massive dodgers fan and i came back to my dorm room that night to find it decorated with like F the Dodgers and like Giants posters everywhere. And I was so angry. Boo. (laughs) That is disrespectful. I thought it was so, I was like, I wouldn't do that to you. I agree. That's let me have my team. Wow. We're all for friendly rivalries. I definitely, you know, I playfully hate, you know, all the other 29 teams, but at the end (laughs) of the day, no, come on now. That's that's not right. Right? So I'm I'm tentative, especially because everybody's a Giants fan. So yeah, I Yeah, you, you know, are in, I'm, in Giants country. I'm in Giants country. And I'll tell you, that Dodger Giants rivalry is huge. But it goes it goes back. It goes back it goes back to New York. It yeah. goes back it to goes, New York, yeah, because yeah. they were both New York teams. Yes, the Brooklyn yes. Dodgers and the, the New York Giants. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's just it's crazy. Those 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 two teams, I think being out on the East Coast, you tend to sometimes not you just kind of forget the West Coast is out there. You guys have your games at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> and it's, you know, everyone's in Betty Bye by then. And every once in a while, a Dodger fan gets stabbed by a Giants yeah. fan all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, or a Giants yeah, yeah. fan gets stabbed by a Dodger fan. It or is beaten a up by, violent yeah. rivalry. It's unbelievable how intense it is out there. So, hey, Dodger fans, Giants fans. I mean, the most intense games I went to were the, the Dodgers-Giants yeah. games. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I will, you know, I, maybe it's because... We're Midwestern, you know, but, but the, the Cardinals-Cubs rivalry, I don't think it ever gets like that. No. I mean, we're, yeah. we care, you know, we get passionate about our teams, but it, I've never seen anyone like really get into a fight or well, an so, argument I mean, or, a, you know, like a- From Michigan, similar, I mean, I'm a Midwestern boy as well, but, you know, for Michigan, for football- 
people get insane. Like yeah, the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry yeah. is intense yeah, on a whole other level. But yeah, as far as, you know, White Sox-Tigers or Tigers-Royals or Tigers-Indians, there's, once again, playful razzing. There's, you know, stuff like that. But I don't think I've really ever seen or heard of any type of actual fisticuffs. Yeah, it's being more it's, it's like the Yankees, Red Sox, and the yes, Giants. That's pretty Dodgers. much it. In yeah, baseball, that those, those are the big, big, big rivalries. So I don't know. I'll, like I said, Dodgers and Giants fans, take it down a notch. Let's just love each other. I know it sucks that when your team loses, <gasps> and you know, currently, um, once again, you know, uh, the 2015 Tigers did not live up to or are not living up to expectations. Who knows? Yeah, but you know what? By the end of the they might have turned it around. Exactly. Yeah, you, know, you got you time. Know. No, I look, I'm the, I'm normally the one saying that and I'm I'm you know, also we don't know when we're going to be uh putting this episode up. So the time you hear this, the Tigers might be mathematically eliminated, but <laughs> as of now, you know, it's been an interesting year, 2015 for the Detroit Tigers and it's makes me a little bit sad. So I understand mm. that, but ultimately, it's baseball. In April of next year, it's a whole new it's year. It's a whole new year. Spring, you know, comes around. New life, new baseball stadiums, new baseball fields. We all got a chance. Okay, so <laughs> I just thought of something that I totally had forgotten about. But have you guys ever heard? I can't remember what the series was called. But when I was growing up, I was an avid reader. And my favorite series of books was this kid series about this kid who had a magical power where anytime he touched a baseball card... He would go back in time. Have you guys never read no. this book? Oh, you have to read it. And you could talk, hang out with And like, he would hang out with the baseball players. And so like he goes back and is there for, you know, Babe Ruth's famed called shot. And like he he's there with um, Mickey Mantle. <gasps> and then I'm, oh, this he does Jackie Robinson. Um, and it's super interesting because he he becomes, he like starts working in the dugout and like becomes friends with Jackie Robinson and is like chilling with him and. <laughs> It's and you know like sometimes they're disasters and like he can't get back in time and like there's one game where he actually has to play in the game. I can't remember which one it is. I, I, I this is all just coming back to me, but it was one of my favorite series. I read every single one. I read uh, all of them. That is so incredible. Uh, we will be looking up the name of that series and I'll put it on Club Off I mean, Podcast. I don't even know if it's com. still published. Oh, we'll find it. We will find it because <laughs> I want to, I don't care if it's meant for children. I'm buying it immediately and reading that. Well, that that brought up my next question for you is how much of a sense of the history of the game did you feel you did you do that sort of research or through that series or conversations I with your like dad? I felt like through or, that you know. series, I got a really good, you know, like obviously I know the greats, um, but that series I felt like really because you feel like you're there, like with these baseball players in the time and you see, you know, what it was like. And I mean, obviously, like who knows? Sure. But, um, but it was great. It was it was really fun. That's awesome. Then were you ever at Dodger Stadium when they had like Sandy Koufax come back to like, do some sort of ceremonial thing or do you, or you any know, of the great Dodgers any of those great, any of those, um, you know, yes, I have been there for some of the, the great Dodgers. I'm blanking on, um, Oh, I'm blanking on his name, but there's one who I've actually met. Oh, I'm terrible. This <laughs> <laughs> awful. It's all right. Who I've seen a couple of times, um, at the stadium. Was he a pitcher or a fielder? Or? I, I think he was a fielder. Um, he's, he's a lot older now. He's a lot older now. Um, but, uh, Tommy Lasorda? Tommy, oh, yeah, I met Tommy Lasorda. That's who it was. There we go. I knew the name. Um, and <laughs> that was so exciting. Tommy's he a character. He is a character. Yeah. Uh, 
But my my favorite Dodger moment was one time I got to be one of the kids that like runs out on the fields in the beginning and gets their baseball signed. <laughs> it was just the Who best. signed yours? Laduka. Oh. Obviously. Well, I'm gonna bring up a story now here for you to tell that you told me the other day. I'm very disappointed in you. Oh no. Because you had an opportunity to do something and you didn't do it. Oh. <laughs> Please explain to our listeners what you did and why you disappointed me so. I was <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. I was uh, asked to sing the national anthem at Dodger Stadium, and I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, I've done that. Oh, I've fun. heard this That's young awesome. lady sing. Oh, I know you can sing, and <laughs> this lady's got some pipes on. Her. I know she could. She could really knock the roof off the non-existent roof off of Dodger Stadium. <laughs> You'd knock the roof off of Miller Park. That's what would happen. Thank, thank you. Exactly. Hopefully, we'll never come you back. Successfully knock the roof off. <laughs> I understand, you know, why why you didn't want to do it. But I think one day you need to sing the national anthem at Dodger Stadium. Oh, I mean, it's a total bucket list. Yeah. It's definitely on there. Um, I'm mad that I missed the opportunity. It's but not, I'm it's also, not gone. It's not gone. I'm also not because at that time in my life, I was explaining um, earlier that I went through a phase of my life where I just tried so hard to be like a Broadway pop singer because that's what I wanted to do, you know. And I, I was in all these musicals and I wanted to be a Broadway singer and – um, and I started to get very nervous mm-hmm. because that wasn't what my voice was meant for. And it got to the point where, you know, like I would sign fine in, in my bathroom, but then when I was singing in front of people, my voice would start cracking and mm. all this stuff. And it, I got so in my head that my throat would close up mm. and I couldn't sing in front of people because I would just get so, so nervous. Um, and then I met with a singing teacher who was like, why – are you trying to be Broadway pop? You have like a smoker's jazz voice. <laughs> and I was like, no, like I, I can sing Alphaba from Wicked. And he was like, no, you shouldn't sing Alphaba from Wicked. That'll hurt your voice. Like own your voice for what it is. And um, and so I started and I started singing new songs and I songwrite. And so I started writing for my voice. There and all of a sudden, I also, my speaking voice changed. It got like a lot more lower and grounded. Yeah. Um, and now I'm so comfortable singing in front of people, which is really exciting. And I was saying that when I sang Valerie like two days ago at GeekyCon, I it was a big moment for me because it was one of my first times singing on stage in front of people in a time where I wasn't playing a character. It was just me. And I had so much fun with it. It was right. great. So and I I'll- feel like if the opportunity came up now, I would be prepared. Okay. Or well, more prepared. And I will attest that I saw that performance of Valerie and the crowd was Digging, <laughs> they were bouncing along to it, and say, it was really kind of cool to see that moment happen. So, I'm excited when you sing the national anthem of Dodger Stadium. You invite us more. <laughs> I, I want to see that. I want to be there live. And I also, that. yeah, the the chance to have like a kind of smoky. I know. You know I kind of like cool, that. It would be cool a totally version. different because yeah, what I do now absolutely. is I take like pop songs or. You know, I was in a musical theater class at Stanford this past quarter and we had to perform a song at the end of it. And I took a song and I totally turned it into like this jazzy rendition, <laughs> which is probably sacrilegious to the musical theater community. No. But um, but it was great and I was comfortable singing it. And that was a really big deal for me. So I yeah. could do like a, a different take on it, which maybe hasn't been heard before. Who knows? Do That's it. Awesome. Do From it. your lips to God's ears, right? So, <laughs> all right. So let's just get some timeline uh, 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 clarification here. So mm. you play Little League until you said sixth grade? Yeah, like sixth or seventh grade. Sixth or seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then seventh, you go to soft- No, seventh grade was when I played softball. Okay. So sixth grade was the last year that you played baseball. Yes. Seventh grade, you were playing softball. 
you kind of at the end, you know, softball kind of isn't your thing. And so eighth grade, ninth grade, you're done. Uh, I would say ninth grade, I was done. Ninth grade, I, I futzed around with it a little bit in eighth grade. And then I was just like this. It's not working. Not working for me. Okay. So then in high school, mm-hmm. what was your relationship with baseball as far as did it, did you, not immediately, but, but how quickly did musical theater take over as far as or just acting in theater in general and baseball become this, this secondary passion or basically at what point did you stop really actively following baseball? Um, oh, I probably stopped actively following baseball um, when I was in like 10th or 11th grade. Okay. Because that's what, but I still went to games sure. and I still like kept up with all that stuff because sure. my dad and I would still do games together. Um, but it was, I was kind of past the time of like, I, I knew every single stat. That was sixth grade. Sixth grade was prime time. And it was because I got into a competition, as I said before, with like everybody else and in the grade. And you see that folks, this is, this is why I, I, it's one of my passions in life. It's one of my, I need women's baseball to exist. I want women's I baseball want women's to exist. Baseball to Why exist can't more they? than anything in the world. I, I I don't understand. I don't either. It there were girls on my team, my little league team who were clearly better than me. Clearly better than me and they were not allowed to play and that is not fair. I want And this is the only sport where they do that. And also by the way, a softball is not soft. It is just big. Like, can we can we just take a moment? I agree with to that. To recognize that. Yes. Like it's not like girls can't handle uh, you know, a, a the hard ball. Oh no, that ball you get hit in the face with one of them softballs, you're oh, not your getting up. Your nose is broken. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting so, up. You're screwed. But okay, so uh, and and what year did you do the uh, what year did you film the Hunger Games? Um, I filmed it right before my senior year. Your senior year, okay. Yeah. So at that point, baseball is not actively in your life. Were did anybody on the cast like baseball? Were you able to chat about baseball with anybody? No. Or, see, okay. Literally, I wasn't. no one. No, nobody so wanted weird. to talk about baseball with me. That seems it was odd so to me. sad. And it's like you know when you find someone to talk to baseball about, you know, it's like a kinship. It's yeah. like when you meet another Harry Potter fan. You're just like, <laughs> exactly oh my god! Like thing. let's let's chat. Let's be friends. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't really meet anybody that was super into baseball. And I was also with my mom, who's not super, she's like a big tennis player and I could care oh. less of it. I mean, like I watch it, I know the players cause of them, but baseball is like my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And were you a good hitter? Uh, well, her eyes I mean, lit up. I, I, <laughs> Yes, but I don't want to like sound like no, a- not bragging. But like, were you like, was there a kind of hitter that you were? You a, a singles hitter? A you know, hit it into the gap? Were you a power hitter? Were you? I like, had you know- so I um. I have a, I have an arm. Like, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Is like, even to this day, like, I throw far. I have, like, a lot of weird arm strength. Okay. So I was a bit of a power hitter. But what that meant was that a lot of times um, right. it wouldn't go all the way out because sure. people would catch it. But I did have a couple home runs in there. Look at that. You know, she hey. had warning track power, but she could actually <laughs> get it back. I love it. You you know, and I feel like she'd be a Yasiel Puig out there, too. She'd be a, she, you got a gun on you. You could, you could be out and see, they put her at shortstop. And they put her a picture, but I feel well, like you have to have an out, arm at shortstop. I agree with that, but I feel like you put her at center field, and she could uh, she could absolutely be gunned. Oh, down I did guys play, play. I did play outfield for a little bit. Yeah, there you go. You got an arm on you. Got to get yourself out there and cut off those runners and save some runs for the team. <laughs> did you enjoy 
you know, playing shortstop, fielding the ball, like ground balls. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, But I have to say, I think the most satisfying was always when you would catch a fly ball. Because you're not even a fly, just like a big hit, you know? And you're like, I remember one time it was coming straight at me. And then you just catch it in the air and you're like, ha ha. (laughs) Like, you are out, sir. (laughs) All because of me. (laughs) It's just very satisfying. It's empowering is what it is. (laughs) That is awesome. Now, would you, we were just at the All-Star game and there was a celebrity um, softball game that they did, you know, before the, before the All-Star game, like the day before. Oh, cool. Would that be something that you would potentially do? Um, Yes. I mean, that is softball. I mean, I would love to. Yeah, but it's slow pitch softball softball. Yeah, it's not fast pitch softball. It's kind of just fun, like beer league softball. Oh, oh my God. Are you kidding me? That would be the coolest thing ever. Except for I would have to like practice a lot yeah. in the weeks oh, yeah, you know, yeah. before because I'd want to be I want to be good. You know. And, they, and what I love is they always have Jenny Finch. They always have uh, uh, just insane superstar, talented, ridiculous, brilliant softball pitcher Jenny Finch who can throw the ball many, 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 many miles per hour. And she always because it's soft pitch. You know, it's soft. It's it's it's, it's yeah. slow pitch, whatever. But someone always gets up there. An old timer always gets up there, and she just wings it in there as fast as she can. And that's what I love seeing that. I'm like, look, that's softball. Softball yep. is different yeah. from baseball. The big leaguers can't hit softball. Like they can, the big leaguers cannot hit Jenny Finch. And yeah, so sorry, that's just I. Oh, it's I, true. It's a totally different. I mean, it's it not is. a totally different sport, but they're like cousins, you yes. know? Yeah. I just, I am a huge, huge, after meeting Barbara and Adela on my tour, I've just been been preaching that that we need to figure out a way to let girls continue to play baseball. I, you know, there is, you know, I want to see women be umps. I want to see women yeah. be coaches. I want to see women, I want to see women in the league. I have no idea why we are so scared <laughs> of letting women, every time I go to a ballpark, I look around and it's just dudes or women with their husbands or sons or I mean I let me there are absolutely women baseball fans out there that I adore that I love Monica is great which by the way I just realized Monica was actually our first uh, 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 guest on this podcast. We had Monica say a couple of seconds there. So. It's true. But, but in terms of like, sit <laughs> yes, down, yes, officials. We have yeah. had one other. Uh, well, uh, then, uh, 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 that's it. Like that. I'm out. <laughs> but so there are some amazing, amazing women baseball fans out there. And I adore each and every one of them. But there needs to be more. There needs to be a lot more because I'm sick of seeing dudes at the ball. Well, like, and I understand why you wouldn't have women play on the adult male team, sure. you know, because. It's true, you know, men are stronger than women just because of physicality and body sure. types. But why not have a women's major league baseball team? The All American Girls—they existed in World War II. Let's bring them back. Let's, you know, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's we all love League of Their Own. It's a fantastic movie. It's a great let's, movie. Let's make that a reality again. Tom Hanks, you got a lot of money. Can you invest? <laughs> if you're listening to this, please, Tom, will you please invest in a real life Ameri- All American Girls League? Uh, all right. Can we enlist you in being on the... Being scene? an advocate? Being an yeah. Advocate. Yes. Are you going to join our cause? Oh, 100%. There you go. All right. Well, that as actually... As long as I can play in a game. You can absolutely... And you're going to... Ma- no, you're going to be heavily involved. All right. So you heard it here, fro- here first. The Clubhouse <laughs> Podcast with Jackie, Anthony, and Manish are going to lead the charge. Into it. I'm yes, excited. Yes, women play baseball. Let's do it. The next step for feminism. <laughs> absolutely. I'm a huge feminist. I believe Anthony. Yes. I think feminism is absolutely amazing, which leads me to my next uh, question for you is, can you tell me a little bit about She's So Boss? What is She's So Boss and what is your involvement and what do you what do? you do? Yeah. So She's So Boss is a multimedia brand that I help run. Um, and it's all about helping girls to realize that they are boss and that they can do anything and everything. Um, 
And it's so much fun. I've just gotten to, we do like a web series and we're producing a TV show right now and there's a book coming out and I just get to travel around the country interviewing girls who are, you know, like, you know, 14 years old and have started their own little companies out their backyard, oh. like, you know, making bracelets or websites That's or crazy. books. And, um, and it's just amazing. I mean, these girls are so creative and so wonderful. And my favorite part of talking to them is that we have them do these confessional type things where they, they talk directly to the camera about, um, you know, things that they're facing. And you see this girl who, you know, has like started her own music festival or something talking about how she's nervous that she, you know, won't impress her parents or something like that because she's not going to law school. Or, and, 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 you know, it's so easy to, to watch that. And, you, you know, you look at Beyonce and she goes, you're like, oh, I'm so boss. Like, everyone's so boss. And you're like, well, yeah, of course you are. Like, you're <laughs> yeah. Beyonce. Like, that doesn't help me. Um, but, you, but you talk to these girls and you, you see that and you see what they're going through and you see what they've accomplished. And then it makes you think like, oh, well, I have that same fear too. And if she could do that, then maybe I could do, you know, something else. And so... I'm trying to work on this whole new thing right now called Let's Get Real, which is the booth that I was holding yesterday. And it's just about kind of taking down the barriers and the boundaries. And I hold body image panels. I speak all over the country and I do these um, these panels for girls on having a healthy body image. And really what it is is group therapy because I just <laughs> sit up there and I say like, hey, like this is me. These are the issues that I've dealt with and I'm still dealing with. Let's talk. Yeah. And, you know, people open up and it's wonderful. Do you have a, is there like a, an age group that you tend to zero in on for these things or is it open? You know, it's funny because generally it's like at these cons and stuff like that or at the Young Women's Conference, um, which is Maria Shriver's thing. Mm -hmm. And then it's like 12 to 20-ish. Mm -hmm. but, um, but I have to tell you, like the number of times that moms have come up to me mm -hmm. And said, I mean, yesterday when I was doing this booth, it started out with 10 people, like grew to, grew to be like 40 or so. And this mom comes up to me afterwards and, and just says, I, I just want to thank you, you know, for the sake of my daughter, but also for my sake, because this helped me so much. And then I had another girl come up to me this convention. She was like, we have to send a video to my mom. She was so sad she couldn't be here. But she's like, I just want to thank you because she went to your body image panel last year and it completely changed. Because we don't just talk about it. It's like just real. You know, we talk about yeah, everything. Sure, sure, sure. And she goes, and it totally changed the way that, you know, she treats herself, which is just changed the way that she interacts with my family. And like she has become like – you know, such a different person because of that. And we have to send her a video and say hi because she was so disappointed she couldn't come this year and see you again. And I was just like, like, that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for being a badass. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> incredible. And when you're talking to these young girls, try and see if you can sneak in a little bit of, hey. A little bit of baseball. Maybe, maybe go check out a baseball game because guess what? Baseball is not just for boys. And boys, young boys that are listening to me out there right now, listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. Stop harassing young girls who either do or don't like baseball or sports in general. And if they tell you they like baseball, don't quiz them. Don't ask them, you know, who the number nine guy on the starting lineup is. Don't try to prove how manly and tough and cool you are. All that's doing is making you look like an idiot. <laughs> Any level of fandom is good. As long as someone is inside the stadium, they're a fan and I love them. Man, woman, child, old, young, just get your butt in a seat inside a stadium that's all I need. That's all I ask for anybody. So stop it. I know a lot of young boys who like to prove their manhood by by harassing young girls. That, well, you know, that's you're why not, I memorized all the stats. Yes, exactly. So that I could you're fight not, back. You're not a real sports fan. Huh, yeah? Well, who won the 1962 World Series? Uh? <laughs> you wear pink, don't you? Shut up, stupid. Like, it's just, it, it frustrates me to no end. Yeah. 
we need everyone to come together. Yeah, and I think that's what baseball can do. So I just realized that we have gone on so long that we're not going to have time to do our trivia game, unfortunately, because we ran out of time. <laughs> That's my fault. I'm sorry. We were having way Yeesh. too much fun. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> having way too much nice fun going. chatting. I'm sorry. <laughs> Blame me. But the way that we normally end our shows is that we ask our guest if they could tell us just the one memory, the one moment, the quintessential baseball moment in your life that made you into a fan that, that is just your favorite baseball moment. It doesn't have to be a game that you went to or any specific uh, uh, on the field experience. Just why why are you a baseball fan? What's that one memory, that one moment? Oh God, I need a second to think Please, about this. Please, take your time. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me see. I think it would probably be um, when somebody scored, you know, a, a run or a, a home run or something and I was sitting there with my dad and just everyone in the surrounding areas. And like I hugged more people than like I like I didn't know any of these people. And we were all just hugging and like jumping up and down and <laughs> holding hands and screaming and just having that sense of community and everyone with the biggest smiles on their faces. And um that was probably that would that would probably be it. That's there it is. That is baseball. <laughs> I think so too. So thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. This was so fun. Oh, I'm so glad. I don't get to talk to about baseball enough. Like, <laughs> I, I, I forgot how much of a baseball nerd I actually am. Yeah. That's we're read that nerds. series. We're like, a, yes. we're like Johnny Appleseed baseball people. Like. That's what we're doing. We're just <laughs> yeah, spreading. Sprinkle, yes. sprinkle, sprinkle. No, I will definitely be. And anybody, any fans out there, any listeners out there who know what this series is, I'm going to try and Google it and try to figure I, out. I want to find it. Text Clubhouse me podcast. when you. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely let you know. But. We all need to read that. Maybe we'll do a book series on sure. this and we'll read it together. Because that sounds <laughs> fascinating. I love that idea. So do you have anything uh, specific you want to plug? Your Twitter, your your website, anything of that uh, nature? Uh, um, Jackie underscore Emerson on almost all fronts. That's about it. Oh, okay. the, the book Only Ever Yours. Plugging that book doesn't have anything to do with baseball, it's okay. but is all about like body image and stuff yeah. like that. It's a fantastic book, and I'm trying to get it, you know, turned into a movie and stuff right now because fantastic. I think that it could be really impactful. So. Hey, look, we all got body image issues, men, women. I got body <laughs> image issues. I'll I'll admit it. I will I will absolutely admit that. Yeah, so sure. it's it's an important uh, topic. And I've uh, come to embrace my paleness. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Right. I realized really quickly that with red hair and blue eyes, if I looked tan, I would look so weird. <laughs> also, you'd probably give yourself skin cancer. Ultimately. Yeah, that too. Yeah, so yeah. I've, I decided to own the own the white. Punch, we're punching it yes, in. We're punching we are. it in and exploding it. We just did it. that and exploding it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I represent dark noise. people then. Yeah. Dark people are okay too. Yeah. All right. So. Folks, soaks or folks, you know, getting all tongue-tied. Sure. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. We will see you next time here in the clubhouse. The home base for the clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit Bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. 
You can follow Anthony and I individually at Rounding Third MJ for me and at Albino Kid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.